you're listening to Power Tools for Parents. Parenting is tough, and often we feel like we don't have the right tool for the job. Listen in as all three of Legacy Christian Academy's division counselors discuss compelling parenting topics and give you practical, effective tools for your parenting toolbox. Welcome to Power Tools for Parents. We're so glad you joined us today. We're super excited because we have Brian Hausman of 360 Family here, and he's going to answer all our questions regarding technology. He was here last night for our pep talks. If you missed it, you missed a great night. There's a recording of it. You can access on our website. Um, But today we have him uh, for this precious time in between assemblies. So Brian, welcome. We're so glad you're here. I am so glad to be here with you guys and your brand new podcast. I know, lots of fun. Yeah, I've warned Brian that we're novices. But <laughs> we've done You're, one. We've, we've done, done one. one. <laughs> you are going to be three rock stars. Is what you're gonna well, we, we have a few listeners. We're kind of pumped about that. Um, all right, Brian, we're just going to jump right in. I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I um, have been in ministry, academics, you know, all the stuff for, golly, it's been over... 25 years now. My wife and I have been married for 28 years, almost 30 years. We've been married for 28 years and uh, started off as a youth pastor. And then uh, back in the early nineties when I graduated and, uh, and then was a camp director for several, for five years, uh, was a spiritual life director at a private Christian school in Memphis. Uh, and then the last 19 years have been traveling and speaking full time all around the country and internationally. We've done over 2,000 speaking engagements, been over 800 conferences, had four books published. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been a fun, fun life. I mean, I, I, I do. If I, if, I was, if I was done today, I really could go, all right, I, I enjoyed this. It was great. That's so cool. Well, and this, this topic that um, God has honored you with actually talking mm-hmm. about and, and going places. I know you talk about other things as well, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, with, I mean, I, I do, I have so many other issues we talk about cause I feel like that are more eternal issues, relational issues of how right. to connect with your kid. But the technology issue is, I mean, eight, eight years ago, I started getting so many questions mm-hmm, at yeah. parent conferences and school PTA things where parents are asking questions about like, you know, social media and pornography and, yeah. and phone addiction and things like this. And yeah. I just started looking, I mean, honestly, I would go to bookstores and go, I can't find anything from a Christian perspective. I mean, not even there wasn't even really books being written about it, mm-hmm. in, even like on the mainstream perspective. And so I, we were like, you know, let's do something. Yeah. And so I'm not an IT person. People, right. people will come up to me at the end of these conferences and go, can I ask you a question about my router? And I'm like, <laughs> I am not going to be the person to answer that for right, you. Right. Um, I know the name brand and that's it. But it's really more just trying to give parents some handholds yes. when it comes to this stuff. Yes. And and then it just took off. I mean, it became a top 10 bestseller and then our ministry literally just exploded. I mean, it, our speaking engagements became fourfold overnight. Yeah. Love that. I yeah. love that. And technology, honestly, everything you mentioned about relationship and communication, like it, it's in the way of that. So we have to figure uh, that one out, does. right? It does. And that's yeah. what, you know, I tell parents, I mean, you can just imagine if you're listening right now and you pick up your phone and you hold it in front of you. And one of the things I say to parents is like, you just imagine you're picking up your kid from school at the end of the day and you're like, hey, how was school today? And your 12-year-old is like, oh my gosh, mom, let me tell you. And she starts telling you about school and then your phone rings Mm -hmm. and you hold up your phone and you go, oh, hang on just one second, sweetie, Mm -hmm. let me answer this. 
I don't know any other way to say it than I believe you just dishonored your kid. Right. Because you're just, you're communicating with your actions that this thing is more important than this living, breathing person. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And we as parents, we live, we, we don't like to admit it, but we really live a life of such relational arrogance because we live as if we have all the time in the world with them. True. And it is. 18 it's, it's seconds. Gone. Yeah, and you're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like right now, wait, mine are 25 and 22, and I live with the reality that my season of greatest influence is gone. You know, we don't get to do it back again. And so as often as possible, just trying to find opportunities to dial down the noise, to remove the screens, not because they're bad, but just because they're becoming a distraction to our human connectiveness with each other. So true. Well, we're going to dive into some questions. So last night we did a Q&A time. And, um, well, we actually didn't get to our Q&A time because <laughs> Brian was so good. He just, We just were uh, hanging on every word he said. And um, we told you, we promised that we would get to some of those questions today. So I'm going to start with the most popular question, by and large. And I know you know what this is going to be. I do. Without even looking. <laughs> okay, what's the question? Well, is it going to be like, when should I let my kid get a cell phone? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's, All does right. It, it doesn't matter if it's public school, private school, parochial school. Like every parent wants to know that question. They want to know when they yeah. should allow it. And then one parent kind of added like, walk me through what that looks like when you actually do give it to them. Oh, that's a, now that's a good question. Right. I think that's even the better question. Okay. Yeah. Because that deals with our relationship with each other. Yeah. And as parent and child, um, you know, and I, my, the way I can answer this is honestly a little bit different than I get to answer it on some podcasts or interviews at, P, at public schools. Right. Um, because I believe that all of life is spiritual. And so that means God doesn't just care about what's happening on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half, mm-hmm. you know, that, or what's happening at youth group in your small group for 30 minutes that mm-hmm. I think that God cares about our finances and my relationship with my neighbor and how I treat my coworkers and all of that matters. Right. And so if that's true, then I think there's a spiritual component to technology as well. Mm-hmm. And so as a parent, when you ask me, when should I let my kid have a cell phone? Honestly, if it's a believer, you know, parent, my first question is, have you prayed about this? So mm-hmm. good. Because I, I mean, if we really do believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us mm-hmm. and however he does that, then um, whether it's through nature, creation, his, his word, if he speaks to us, then why don't we just say, God, is my kid ready for this responsibility, this privilege, and this access? Right. Because what we don't understand, the part we, we fail to understand as a parent is we just kind of look at it as, well, I'm just giving my kid a phone. But really what you're giving your kid is it, it is going to be the first huge time delineation you've ever experienced between you and your kid. Because right now, when your kid is like, you know, five to 11, you are the bearer of all knowledge in the world to your kid. They ask you questions first to so much that it drives us crazy. Mm -hmm. And we're finally going, just Google it, you know. (laughs) Um, But they come to us with everything. Hey, mom, 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 you know, and just wear us out. And um, because they, they're. God's created them that way to look at us as, as their bearer of knowledge, you know, and as their protector and as their shepherd. And, and I remember we all know the frustration of when our kids get to the age where they're playing sports and then they're doing ballet and they're doing basketball. They have all these activities going on. And I remember when my daughter was about, I don't know, 
14, 15 years old, and I'm thinking to myself, I feel like my part-time job is just being an afternoon chauffeur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Taxi Let's driver. pick up from school, yeah. going <laughs> to drop her off at cheerleading, and then we're going to student government, and then we're going to youth group, and then it's just like, oh, my gosh. And, uh, and I can remember many times in my head going, I cannot wait till this kid gets her driver's license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second day she had her driver's license, I remember being at home and grieving. Yeah, it's lonely. And not grieving. I'm celebrating that she gets this privilege because she's earned the privilege. Sure. But what I'm grieving is that her school was a six-minute drive from our home. Mm -hmm. And I would never get that 12 minutes again. Yes. It's gone. And that's the captive 12 minutes I had every day in her life. And the same thing happens with the cell phone. Mm -hmm. Because now your kid doesn't have to come to you to ask questions. And it's not just asking questions, but your kid doesn't have to, they can figure out relationships without talking to you because they can just now talk to their friends on Snapchat or Instagram. And if they want to be entertained, they don't need to play a board game with the family and have family movie night or board game night. Now they can just open their phone and play a game or Mm -hmm. jump on, you know, whatever. And it, there's going to be a huge lack of space that you're going to have in their life now. Mm -hmm. And so my question is, are you, are you emotionally relationally Mm -hmm. prepared for that shift as a parent? Because it's a lack of influence. It is. You know, and it's not just giving your child access to the world, it's giving the world access to your child. Yeah, undoubtedly. You know, we talk about that the average kid in America is going to spend eight hours a day in in front of media. Uh, The average teenager, it's about ten and a half hours a day plugged into media, two hours a day every day just on social media alone. Yeah. The typical mom spends six and a half minutes a day in quality conversation with her kids. Not conversations about, did you get your lunch? You know, don't forget we have a dentist appointment. But I mean, like, real conversation, six and a half minutes a day. Dads, it's four and a half minutes. So just imagine that now they're spending, forget all the rest of media, just go back to the cell phone alone, two hours a day on social media, mm-hmm. and yet I get four and a half minutes? Yeah. So n- the question is, who has the influence, as you right, said, Lana? Right, And so, and I, and I don't want to fight that or be like, I'm going to fight against social media. Right. Because it's going to be part of their life. But instead, how do I leverage my time? So what if, man, if, as dad, if I can, if I can go from get four and a half minutes to 10 minutes, man, I've just increased my influence by 500%. Yeah. That's how my brain looks at it. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm killing it now as a dad, you know, in terms of time with my kid. And so, you know, yes, I want them to have a cell phone, but how do I navigate that so I still have that time and influence mm-hmm. with them? Got it. And then the next big question deals yes. with the issue of, is my kid, my, my son got his cell phone at a later age than my daughter did, even though she was two years younger. And, of course, he didn't like that. He was like, that's not fair. Yeah. And, of course, my response is, my job is not to be fair. My job as dad is to protect your heart and mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we would have a conversation. The conversation was, do you remember when you were 12 and it was hard for you to remember to brush your teeth? And it was hard for you to get in bed on time or to put the video games away? And he was like, yeah, I do that you were really having a struggle with self-discipline and with like impulse control. And he could admit that, yeah, it was. That's why we waited to get the cell phone because we didn't want to set you up for a potential moral, relational, emotional defeat, you know, a failure with this thing. And so with your sister, she wasn't struggling with those. So we felt it was okay to give it to her a little bit earlier. And so because we're having the conversation about it, and it's not just a, well, here's the age, it happens. Well, if you have three kids, it could be three different ages. Because as as a parent, and to me, this is the freeing thing. 
is that I don't have to, you as a mom and dad do not have to be an expert on kids. Just your own. True. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, right. That's great. just be in wonder of your kid. I mean, just every day, find times to just stand in awe of who they are and figure out your kid yeah. so that you can set them up to be the best version of themselves that God made them to be. That, that's a great answer, honestly, because we, we get that question in our office as well. And there is no magic age. Mm-hmm. What if we said 13 and then you got a 13-year-old that's got an addictive nature? And like you said, you know, poor impulse control, yep. like that's a recipe for disaster. It is. Um, so I love that. I love that answer. You have to know your child. And first and foremost, Foremost, yes. Are you praying about it? This is mm. a big thing you're handing your child. And and I like what you said last night too, Brian, about um, you know, it's kind of like driving a car. Like there's a lot of preparation before they get those car keys. Yeah. So, you know, you had a family contract last night that was just super, you know, you had that back at the at the merchandise table. And yeah, which by the way, parents, you um uh, Jenna is referring to this family cell phone contract that we have. And you, if you weren't at the event, you can actually get that online for free. You can go and download that at techsavvyparenting.com. And there's over 40 free resources, technology related that you can download. And so that is on there. So you can Perfect. download that and print that Love as a family. That. Perfect. Great, yeah. great resource. We're all about practical tools. So that's amazing. So yeah, just, just as you wouldn't hand them car keys, like you're not going to hand them mm-hmm. the phone, like you said last night and just be like, good luck with that. You right. know, hope that goes well. Right. So Which that, really, that, that gets to the second part of your question Yeah, is there's all the things that we did to prepare for uh, our parents did to prepare for us to get the keys to the car that there was responsibility, there was privilege to have the access to it. And, but, so what about the phone? Which was your question, like, how do I, tell me the, the points. How do I do this? Yeah. Set my kid up well with the phone. And, and so for us, what we did, and you don't have to do it this way, but we, in everything that we do, we want to reinforce to our kids, once they became, once they became teenagers, that we still do life together. Because the teenage brain, when they get to be like 11, I mean, like a 12, 13, that all of a sudden they're beginning to think more abstractly about life. They're understanding relationships outside of mom and dad. They're forming their own friendships that weren't created for them by you because you're friends with their parents and, you know, all this stuff. And so they're, they're developing some autonomy of who they are. And so part of that is I want to blaze my own trail away from Mm -hmm. mom and dad. And I don't have to be afraid of that. That's how God's made us as people. Right. And, but what I do want to create is continue to make access, you know, between that, that, that path between my kid and me, that we're still doing life together. Yes. And so with the cell phone, what we did is, and I encourage you as parents to do this, even at least this first step is when you go down to the local cell phone store. And, and you're going to pick out, you know, the cell phone for your kid, then say to that person, Hey, I'm ready to spend $800 on this new iPhone for my 13 year old. That's probably going to break the screen and lose it. Exactly. (laughs) And so they're going to break it, but I'm ready to spend this money nonetheless. And so I want you to set the parental controls for me Mm. and you show me how to do it. Perfect. Yeah. Because we think that this, you know, 24 year old working at the AT&T store that his main job is to sell phones. It's not. His main job is to service me mm-hmm. as a customer. And my service right now is I need you to teach me how to do the parental controls. And they all know how to do it. So you're going to have them set the parental controls before you leave the store. You know the oh, password. Yeah. Write it down. Store the password in your phone. And then you're going to put it back in the box. You can wrap it up, put it under the Christmas tree, or put it on the counter for their birthday. And now when they take it out, boom, it's ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have to have that awkward conversation of, okay, I need to see your phone for a minute so I can set up some 
some monitoring software. Whoa, 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 what do you mean, mom? Why do you need my phone? Like they've had the phone for eight seconds and now yeah. it's already their phone. <laughs> sure. and I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, this car was a mortgage payment. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, this phone was a mortgage payment. I think it's my phone that you're really borrowing here. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but the point is to you set it up, you know, ahead of time. And then there's uh, on our website, there's lots of different apps we recommend, things like NetNanny, uh, Bark, okay. that, yes. that are going to be monitoring software. When our kids got on social media for the first time that we use those kind of software, um, we on their phones, when they first got them at 13, 14, we had the app stores turned off mm -hmm. on both Android and iPhones. Mm -hmm. Because again, what we want to do is if you want to download an app, you know, as my child, then great. I want you to be able to download the app, yeah. but hey, come to me yeah. and let's have a conversation. Exactly, mm -hmm. Lana. And we can talk. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to download the latest Kim Kardashian fashion app, then let's talk about it. Why you think you need it. I'll go look at it. And then I can, you know, access the, the, the app store and download it on your phone and then re-secure it. And then so now what I've done is I've created that access back to us yeah. and I've given them the freedom to, you know, have this. And then as they got older, oh, and then you, we signed the cell phone contract. Yes. And the, on the cell phone contract, it has about eight to 10 different bullet points. And on each one of them, your kid has to initial it. And they all deal with things that you guys are agreeing ahead of time on that can and can't be done with the cell phone, mm -hmm. like time of day restrictions or when, what you can download mm -hmm. and what you can and can't say to people on your phone. And all this is outlined. So honestly, <clears throat> Jenna, we never had one fight with our kids with the cell phone, not one ever, hmm. because if there was ever an issue when I looked at their phones, I would go get the contract and we would come to the dinner table and then I would just lay the contract on the dinner table yeah. and my kids would see it and they're looking at it and it's like, okay, jig is up. Dad wants to talk to one of yeah. us, yeah. you know, because they never said, but we didn't talk about that. Right. I didn't know I couldn't do that because it was all mm -hmm. agreed upon yes. ahead of time. And, one of so, the things I and then to me, well, let me close with it. The, no, what I think that what this is, does as a parent is you as a mom, as a dad, had to sign a contract before you walked out of the Verizon store. Mm -hmm. Right. And if, if I, as a grown person, have to sign a contract, yes. doesn't it make sense that my 12-year-old, 14-year-old would? And the, what I think it, what I believe it does is it not just creates responsibility, it's treating your kid with dignity. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. in the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. God gave man responsibilities. Mm -hmm. He said, yes. it's your responsibility to take care of this garden. He didn't say that to anything else in his creation, just us as people made in his image. Because what he was doing is he was giving dignity to us as human beings saying, because you're made in my image, you have the ability to do this. And as my child, you have the ability to have self-control. You have the ability to have discernment. You know, and so when I give them, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to them that you, you have worth, you know, you, right. mm -hmm. so anyway, yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah, Go we're going to say yeah. Lenny. Well, I was just going to, I mean, the two things and, and one is I think I love that that takes out that element of debate and negotiation and I mean, in the contracts binding and, and the, and the child begins to see, look, I already owned into it and I bought into it. And so it does take out some of that. But what I heard through all of that conversation that I really loved the most was, that it goes back to giving you that power of influence in your child's life. Mm -hmm. When you say, we're going to talk about the apps. We're mm -hmm. going to talk about what you want to watch. We're going to talk about how much time you're spending on it. But so then, again, you're getting to pour into your child through the power of influence. So I just really did love oh, that. Oh, absolutely. It's that. so hard as a parent trying to figure out 
how do I create access for myself, myself to my kids' life? Yeah. yeah. Because they, they're busy with soccer and cheerleading and their school activities. Yeah. And it's just going to be a huge part of their life. And so, I, like, for the instance, I mean, this has nothing to do with technology. Like, there was a study that came out from the CDC about 12 years ago, and they concluded that families that eat two meals a week together can cut in half your child's at-risk mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. Meaning like your kid's desire to go, whether it's to go uh, have a sexual relationship or do impulsive things, you know, with their friends or drink alcohol, you know, things like this, that it's gonna cut in half that. Right. And it has nothing to do with the spaghetti that you just ate. Yeah. It's yeah. all about yeah. the influence as a parent that yeah. you get during that 16 minutes of dinner. Well, think about the richness of a conversation you can have with a child about an app. Absolutely. Why do they want the yeah. app? What are they looking for? You know, yeah. and then the knowledge that you can bestow on them about yeah. if why you, that If you say no to the Kim Kardashian fashion, you have a really good conversation about, you know, yeah. here's why we don't want to do that. Here's, yeah. here's, here's what we're, you know, here's what God calls us to. And so it just opens up so much. Oh, the remarkable thing, um, Jenna, is with our kids, how rare we ever said no. I mean, rarely we said no to anything. Yeah. That once they got to the age of discernment, meaning like mm -hmm. 12, 13, that we rarely said no to anything. Now, when they're younger, you know, in those developmental years, part of our job is we are the shepherd. You know, we're, we're mm -hmm. constantly walking behind them, trying to herd them where to go. But then once they get to a, a place where their brains and hearts can work, then I feel like my job is really to create discernment. Mm -hmm. And so like with the app, you know, or with the movie they want to go see, or with the, the you know, going to the after school Friday night football, I mean, the keg party, and they wouldn't call it a keg party, but you know what yeah. I mean? The red cup party at so-and-so's house <laughs> whose parents are gone to the lake <laughs> right. house this weekend. Right. And can I go? Because all 400 of us in the high school are going to be there, you know, and you're like, okay, I got to be the bad parent. Well, no, what I can do is, okay, let's sit and talk about this. And so as we would talk, more times than night, my kid would finally just go, yeah, I, I think we'll do something else instead. Yeah. You know, I, I think we'll go watch something else. Or, you know, I don't want that app after all. Yeah. Because now I'm getting to see that what's happening is now your voice, your presence is being a conduit for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Lana, do you have another question? So I, I, we could talk all day, I feel. Like. I do. Well, and this is a good follow-up question, and I'm, I'm glad I, I got this question. Somebody else is asking this besides me because this is probably what I say all the time is, you know, why do we even allow our children access to these tools? You know, the people that created them, they, you know, they didn't allow their kids to even have cell phones and social media, and yet here we are um, freely giving that over, even when we try to, boundaries and parameters and stuff. So I think the question is, why do we even do it? Yep. That's a great question. And, you know, last night at the session, I, several times I kept coming back to the idea of the sociology and the psychology of technology, mm -hmm. you know, meaning that we have to understand what's going on in our brains, our hearts, our emotions, our minds when we're using technology. And as parents, when we want to put up restrictions, you know, what is our motivation? And very often our motivation is fear that we, it's something I'm afraid of. I don't understand. So I'm going to put up restrictions. You know, I hear a loud noise over there. So kids, you're not allowed to go over there. I don't know what's on the other side of that fence. Just don't go over there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Instead of investigating and preparing them to know what to do when they encounter what's on the other side of the fence. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And so for instance, we, we may have some mild fear about driving, 
But it's really never a conscious choice. Am I going to let my kid drive or not? We just know it's a foregone conclusion. Right, Our right. kids are going to get their driver's license, yeah. even though we know that there's potential of harm and danger out there because we're no longer greatly afraid of it because it's been so much a part of our life as grownups. We've done it for so long. Mm -hmm. We're pretty comfortable with that. You know, we're never going to, we're very few of us are going to say to our kids, you can't ever date, you know, because we know that's a normal part of adolescent experience and we experienced it. And so we know, yes, there's some potential for harm, but by and large, I, I did okay with that as a parent. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to set you up for success mm -hmm. there, but it was technology we are largely afraid of it because we don't understand it. Right. It's new to a lot of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what we want to do is just say, no, you're, you're not going to, we're not going to do social media in our home. We're not going to do cell phones in our home. Whatever the thing is, we're not going to do that with technology. But we would never do that with the other areas of life because we know that my job is to teach my kid how to drive, to teach my kid how to behave on a date you know, teach my kid, you know, social cues and things like that. So to me, that it's the same thing with technology. My job is to prepare them for all things, mm -hmm. including the things that I may not understand or I'm afraid of. So that certainly there has to be an age appropriateness to it. Right. So for instance, I wanted my kids to be on social media. There are certain parents that will say, no, my kids can be on that when they get to college. And I cannot tell you how many teenagers I've encountered, young men at our church, who come back home for Christmas break of their freshman year and they're telling me about their college experience. And I'm like, hey, what's, you know, what's happening? What do you like? And, oh, I love my classes. I'm really connecting with so many people there. And I, they got this look on their face. Well, what's, wh I, I've, there's something going on. Yeah. And he goes, well, I wasn't prepared for how much porn wow. there was at college. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that I could not walk down the dorm hallway without looking in the room and every room has got porn on. Like it's literally in the commons where we all hang out and they've got it on their laptops. And, you know, my roommate has it open, you know, or, or my roommate has his girlfriend sleeping over in his bunk mm -hmm. in, our, in, our, in our bunk beds, you know, and because we did not prepare them for this to know how to navigate that situation. Yeah. So I would much rather my kid have the cell phone with me, yes. have yeah. social media with me in moderation, right, responsibly, right so that I can prepare them for all things. That's great. That's so good. Um, Kristen. Yes, this one really plays into that quite a bit. Um, we had a question about just, there were some scary statistics about the bad pictures and pornography and how many of our children are experiencing that, you know, by the time they get to high school. So the question is, how can we help young children? What resources are there to kind of start conversations and help maybe change those statistics a little bit? Yeah, the, we know that the average child's first exposure to digital porn is, uh, is 11. Mm -hmm. And most parents, their first conversation about sex with their kids is going to be the average kid is 14. And it's game over yeah. by 14. They've, they've learned everything they didn't know from either their phone or a kid's phone or in the hallway, in the cafeteria table, whatever. They've, they've heard it all. And so for me, the issue is not porn. The issue is purity. And so, and there's a lot of toxicity in our churches that come with addressing even the issue of purity because purity has to do with the condition of my heart. Mm -hmm. So I got to be careful as a parent. I don't make that an issue of behavior. And so um, my behavior comes out of the condition of my heart. So I want to yes. make that the focus. So as a parent, mm -hmm. I don't want to just say, don't look at porn, don't share pictures, don't do this, because now 
I, I've just made that either the titillating thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've made that the thing You're that, right. well, mom doesn't like that. Or, um, or I've made that the thing of shame, the thing that's going to get me in trouble, you know, kind of a thing. So instead, what we did with our kids is when they were young, like I remember between um, if the average kid's first exposure was between 9 and 11, we decided we're going to start talking about it at 9. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't talk about porn because that's not the issue. They don't know what that is at 9. But instead, we want to talk about, as a nine-year-old, we asked our kids in 10, do you put clothes on when you walk out of the bathroom at home? And, of course, they're like, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I would say, yeah, absolutely. Like, well, why don't you walk around naked at the house? And they're like, Cause no, I don't, no one gets to see my body. Exactly. Your body is yours and yours alone. Mm-hmm. And only you, as a 10-year-old, get to decide who sees your body. And mom and dad don't look at your body anymore unless you're hurt. And only the doctor gets to see your body because that's a professional. And so, like, what are we doing? Now we're talking about the issue of bodily autonomy, helping them understand the value of their body so that at the age of 11, when they're on the phone or they're on a video game, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're doing uh, Xbox 360 and playing with other people from other countries because this is my, quote, friend I play video games with. And now the person is like, oh, my gosh, I love hanging out with you playing Call of Duty or playing Fortnite or whatever, and then we should play a game just together. And your kid is like, well, of course, because this person is my friend. And then that leads to, an, hey, I, would you love to text sometime? Now, as a parent, you're mortified just even mentally seeing how this happens. Right. But for your 11-year-old, this totally makes sense because this is my friend. And I understand how that happens. And then it turns into, hey, I would love to share some pictures of you with my life over here. And then, but for your 11-year-old, this feels so safe because this is my friend. And um, so then as a parent, I want my kid to understand that if that person says, can I see a picture of you, that your body is yours and yours alone Mm -hmm. and no one gets to see it, no one gets to ask for it. Again, still, I haven't even addressed the issue of porn yet. Right. I'm just getting back to that. God, God has made you, you're made in his image, yes. you have value, you know, you're, you deserve to be respected. And then between like 11 and 12, we start talking about that, hey, you know what, this year, everything is going to change in your life. You know, you're going to start growing up, certain body parts are growing out, you're going to grow hair in places that you didn't know existed. Yeah. You're, you're I, I, word for word, I said to my son, you're going to be at youth group one day, and some little girl you've known your whole, li- whole life is going to walk up to you and say, hey, Bailey, and you're going to feel like your whole body's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that good, that's true. And I said, and then your next response is going to be, I need to go to the bathroom and be by myself. And I said, and then that's when you're going to get yourself in trouble yeah. because then you're going to want to go be by yourself and do things with these impulses you're having with your body while you're thinking about her. And now you're no longer valuing her for who God has made her to be as a young lady. Now you're just using this mental picture of her to enjoy yourself. Right. And so again, now I still haven't addressed porn because porn's not the issue. What I'm doing is now I'm yes. setting my son up as an 11 and 12 year old right. to understand the value of relationships and respect mm-hmm. with each other when it comes to our sexuality. But you're also helping him to understand his own bodily impulses, yes. his feelings, oh. his desires, all that. And training him on how do we resist yep. those. That those yeah. are not bad impulses, they're no. not bad desires. No. God has put those in there for a reason. Yeah, there's no yeah. shame. I, no. I'm not hearing anything about not at shame all. or. Yep. Yeah. So and it, then between yeah. 11 and 12, 
then the conversation was that, you know, you're, you're going to want answers. You're going to want to know what's happening. You can mm-hmm. go to Google. You can ask Google for answers. Google always gives you an answer. You can go to your friends. You can ask them what's going on. What do you know about this? What does this word mean? And your friends will always give you an answer. But the question is, do I want my friends, my child's friends being their expert? And so I said to my kids, you know, at 12, dad will always be your expert. You can ask me anything that you want to mm-hmm. about what's happening in your life. And I promise you, I will never say to you, I don't think you're old enough to know. I will never say to you, this is not a good time. Mm-hmm. I will never say to you, oh my gosh, that is a hard question. Because I, if you are brave enough to ask a hard question, I'll be brave enough as your mom and dad to give you an honest answer. We're never going to use goofy words about body parts. We're never, never going to roll my eyes at you when you ask these hard things. I'm going to be honest with you because I want to make that, that access to my kid, you know? Yeah. And so then, you know, as part of that conversation at 12, we talk about that there's going to be pictures that you see. There's going to be words that you're going to hear. There's going to be things that people are going to say to you that make you feel uncomfortable, that make you feel objectified. There's going to be things that people that say to you on social media that make you feel like that it's your job to respond by sending that picture or by engaging in that conversation. And it is always your choice to say no, mm-hmm. you know? And so then, uh, you know, as part of that, said to my kids that when this happens, because it's going to happen to you. So when it happens, I don't ever want you to feel awkward. Just come and talk to mom and dad yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. And so, and luckily, you know, because we had, it was an ongoing, ongoing conversation with our kids. Right. And so now, I mean, our kids just got to the place where, our daughter, I remember as a 14-year-old, would ask me every crass word mm. that's <laughs> popping in your head right now as a mom. Oh, gosh. You know? Yeah. And we'd just ask everything, and I would answer it just, like, matter-of-factly. Yeah. Like, like, this is not even my kid, and I would just say it, and then we are moving on. Like, <laughs> this is what it means, and this is what it looks like, and this is why we don't use that word with each other. You know? Right. And just move on, you know? Well, and I've heard, I've heard it explained, like, you know, they are sponges, and something's going to fill that up, you Absolutely. know? And it, let it be me, you know, mm-hmm. before someone else gets to them, before the world gets to them. Brian, we are we are just really running short on time here. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we could go on and on. I have, yeah, 100 questions still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. We can, do, we can do another one. We'll yeah. have to invite you back. We'll have to invite you back. But I'm hearing a lot about conversation. I'm hearing ongoing conversation. I'm hearing proactive versus reactive oh, as in, yes. you know, let's, let's, let's be all about purity and the heart. And mm. then everything else will follow. So I just love, love, love how you keep the conversation going with your kids. And we we would love to have you back. Um, so thank you so much for, for joining us. We hope this has been helpful. Um, we want to just cue you in. We're going to have something called sharpening sessions. Um, I mentioned it last night, but this is the conversation extended and it's going to be grade level and we're going to host these and um, just be watching your inboxes for more. And regarding that, because we think we can really get down to even more specific questions and do this thing together. We are a community, and I know it feels daunting, but together we can do it. Absolutely. And, Brian, if they want to reach out and contact you, how can they do that? Absolutely. My Actually, my cell phone is on our website. Like, I just want to make <laughs> access to parents Love because it. we just feel isolated as parents. And mm-hmm. so um, you can reach me at our website. Our main ministry site is 360family.org. That's 360family.org. Or at our technology site that's called uh, techsavvyparenting.com. You can also see me on social media. We have... 
over 25,000 parents we engage with every single month on Instagram. It's free, uh, okay. one minute videos every day uh, for parents at, uh, and it is on Instagram at Screen Smart Parent. And uh, so be sure and check us out there at Screen Smart Parent. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Loved it. Thank you for listening to Power Tools for Parents. We are so glad you joined us today. Spread the word and be sure to subscribe for more parenting tips as we navigate this parenting journey together.